0: How happy can you be if you had no hope? How healthy would you be if you had no hope? How prosperous could you be if you had no hope? How secure are you with no hope? How many friends would you be able to accumulate if you're the kind of person who's just always moping and groping and griping and complaining, you know. How much peace of mind is there and how would your family relationships be?
1: Welcome to The Ziegler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. In this show, we talk about motivation, which, I mean, without adequate motivation, we just would really do nothing. Literally, I don't think we'd ever get out of bed. The only reason we do anything at all is due to a motive to do something. So what will increase our motives. In this show today, we hear uh, about a one and a half minute message from Zig Ziglar on what he believes to be the number one source of motivation, which is hope. Now you can hope for any number of things, but the key is not those things, but really just the hope, the hope itself. I mean, the reality of you actually expecting something to be possible and come to pass. I mean, the danger, of course, is when we don't actually have hope. I mean, we have an ever increasing amount of depression and, and even suicide in our culture today. I mean, I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist, folks, admittedly, but I'm a student of humans and their behavior. And I'll wager there's little depression or suicide when there is actual hope. So this message is a big one. And I do want to clarify, and we talk about it in the show, that we're talking about more than just desire, right? Everybody desires something. Uh, Anybody desires something, but the difference between a desire and a hope, I think is hope is when we think it's really possible and then it becomes an expectation and that's what drives us. So that's what we'll dig into in this show from the message that Zig gave. I posted on Facebook this question. What are you looking forward to right now? That is a daily motivation. And you can join in these weekly discussions by friending me on Facebook. You can find me at Agent K. Miller. Of course, to that question, we received great feedback, and I talked through it with my frequent co host, Michelle Prince. And I'm sure you will find some things in there that you highly resonate with. Before we start off with Zig's message, I want to let you know about a couple great resources. Okay then, friends, here is a significant one-and-a-half-minute message to kick us off from Zig Ziglar.
0: What part does hope play in all of this? I believe it's the basis of everything. You see, John Maxwell says if there's hope in the future, there's power in the present. Answer these questions as you listen to this tape. How happy can you be if you had no hope? How healthy would you be if you had no hope? How prosperous could you be if you had no hope? How secure are you with no hope? How many friends would you be able to accumulate if you're the kind of person who's just always moping and groping and griping and complaining, you know? How much peace of mind is there and how would your family relationships be? I think hope is the key to an awful lot of things. Let me emphasize a point. I will never tell you that acquiring these things is going to be easy. I know that life is tough, but I also know that when you're tough on yourself, uh, that uh, life can be tremendously rewarding to you. When you discipline yourself to do the things you need to do, when you need to do them, the day's going to come you can do the things you want to do when you want to do them. But my friends, the road to the top goes through lots of valleys. You do not develop champions on a feather bed, There's got to be those trials and difficulties in order for you to develop the muscles and the qualities that's going to make such a difference in your life.
1: Well, there you go. Again, from that message, then we ask this question. What are you looking forward to right now? That is a daily motivation. So Michelle Prince and I walk through these replies. They're really tremendous. Here we go. All right, Michelle. Well, this question of what are you looking forward to right now? That is a daily motivation and talking about coming from Zig's clip on hope. Uh, it really brings us to the aspect of looking at, I mean, everybody has desires. But I think those are lesser than hope. When you actually have hope, it's with that ingredient of, gosh, I I think this actually might be possible and I have an expectation. So a big gulf in that, because again, everybody, I don't think there's anybody who doesn't have a desire, but to have a hope is a different thing. So I'm curious, again, coming from the realm that you do, which is so much in the book publishing world that so many people, I assume finally come to you to, for consulting, for an event, for whatever, because they probably had a desire for a long time, but something switched to a hope with actually an expectation. And so I'm curious about, when, do you see something in them to where all of a sudden, or I guess the question is, what is it that took that desire to, a uh, maybe this is possible?
2: Yes. Oh, what a great, great question, because I see this over and over and over again, where you know I do events and and help people to write books. So people come thinking that they may write a book, but there's such a transformation that happens while they're there because it shifts from well, maybe I could or mm-hmm. I don't know what what do I have to say to by the end of it? they're completely convinced, wait a minute, I have a story and my story matters and and I you know, can help people with this story. And in that shift is really that what you're talking about. It's hope it's believing that they have what it takes to make something possible before it was maybe a goal, maybe a desire, but then it, it's when you mix in all of the ingredients of a possibility that that's when people get excited and have hope. And that's when they usually go after things.
1: Well, I'm going to turn this question into a shameless promotion for what you do in in a sense, because, (laughs) because as I heard you talking, it dawned on me that, well, I'll pose the other question. How many people, if you, if you have an event and you have, I don't know, 30 people come or whatever the numbers, let's say, let's say you've got 30, just play that number. How many of them are there because they have had a desire for a book, for a message to put it out there and something happened. And now they, that became into, came uh, into, grew into a possibility and a hope. Now they're there to figure out how to do it, but how many, or how many people come there and they do have a desire and it's through the process of going through the, of going, you know, of going through your event, that, that desire does become that solidified hope and possibility.
2: Good question. Because some people do already know they have a story, maybe they're already speaking that, that they want to get out on paper. So I'd say that's probably about 40%. Hmm. Um, the other 40 to 50%, I'd say are people that aren't sure. They're, they're Maybe they've been told they have a story, or maybe they're interested in learning about how to write a book, or you know maybe they just want to learn the process of, of what to do, and so they're coming, but not really fully convinced. I'd say that's probably the larger majority. And then that last 10% is probably the spouses and the friends that come with someone who has a desire to write a book. But what's so funny, Kevin, is every single person that comes through those doors, every – I've been doing this now for, gosh – uh, I think eight years doing bookbound, and we've yet to have someone not leave with a story, and that includes the spouse. We mm-hmm. get so many people say, "Oh, well, I'm just here to, you know, because my husband wants to write a book," but but they realize that they have something within them that can benefit someone else, and we all do, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be about a book. I just happen to, you know, like that medium, but it's really about figuring out who you are, the gifts that God's given you, frankly, and how you can get them out to the world to make a difference.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, and and again, I'm I'm happy to do shameless promotion here, folks. You can find Michelle at bookboundbytheocean dot com or bookboundonline.com. But let's take that real quick. Just aside from the promotion of of just that you know, an, an event, uh, events are, we are fans of events and we do them, of course, at Ziegler and we're products of lots of different events. Mm-hmm. They are great places and I'll promote events at large for if you have a desire and you would like it to grow into more, uh, like it to grow into possibility and an actual hope, man, I recommend an event and I also would recommend, and I'm not going to name it. There's zillions of events, go to an event, make the investment and go to an event. That's got good reviews, go to an event or get some coaching and cons- or consulting some personal coaching or consulting. I have had people pay me back in the past when I did that. Uh, and they said, "Eh, they gave me kudos. Hey, Kevin, you're great. But I I literally had some people sometimes say, you know, it was really the process of just investing in it and making me accountable. That was as much of the process as whatever good counsel I may or may not have given them. And Mm -hmm. Hey, great. Um, I agree.
2: And live events do change lives. I know that that's the case for me. My life changed at 18 and and so many people that we meet through Ziegler. Of course, we hear that every day, but it's, it's in, but when you're there and you're around other like-minded people, that's usually what creates that expectation of hope that we're talking about. You know, Uh, it's that it's that possibility factor. It's looking at, you know, if he can do it, I can do it. Or Mm. somebody just, you know, seeing something in you that maybe you hadn't seen in yourself yet. And that sparks that hope. Yes. And yeah. I love it. Yes.
1: All right. Well, so there you go, folks. So that was our premise here. And so as I asked that question again, what are you looking forward to right now? The daily motivation just made me smile as I read through these and kind of continue to. So Peyton here says, I'm looking forward to a new career, marrying my best friend, buying our first home and growing our family. I think that was our little, that was the first submission. And I, I, I would struggle to come up with Bigger hopes and motivations than those. Those are gigantic. So good on you, Peyton. I mean, that's that is life. All, that that is. She's talking about new, ch- a new chapter, or new chapters of life. Those are big ones.
2: Big all. Of, I mean, you checked all the boxes there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, career, finances, marriage. Yep. Children.
1: Yeah, that's. I,
2: I thought it was really interesting. You know, first of all, she she definitely brought that out. That you know, there's a lot to look forward to in all different aspects. But I did think it was interesting with someone, so many of the comments that you know, everyone's looking forward to something a little bit different, you know, from events like that to some just, you know, overcoming some bad times. And
1: yeah, well, the the next one here, and I think this came up a couple of times was vacations. Uh, Mm -hmm. Brian says within a month, an upcoming vacation within a year, having my business at the point where I don't have to look forward to a vacation from the job I'm at. That's a famous quote. I mean, who said that somebody, I don't know if that one just gets repeated a lot, but I've heard that, you know, live a life, find a job that you don't want a vacation from. Totally appreciate that because I have work that is enthralling. That's thrilling to me that I love. However, I will have to admit that sometimes I like a good vacation from anything as we were just talking about. I just want to get away from everything and, and have a change of pace. So vacations are a big one and whether it's, it is sad if that's the highlight of the year, you know, Michelle, I had a guy one time that I did consult with this probably been five years ago and he, um, he was really balking at going after some business endeavors that he was thinking about because he had the golden handcuffs, had a high paying Mm -hmm. job and an executive role. And then he finally came to me and he says, we were planning our, yearly vacation. They were going to go for, I think more than a week. It might have even been a couple weeks. they were going to do the Disney thing or whatever. And he said, but it dawned on me that I spend all year miserable and planning for that one great mm-hmm. experience. And he said that this is not the life I want to live. I want a life that is a great experience experience. It was a big epiphany to him. Of course, that's the bad side. Now I am going to say vacation, man. I, I I love my life, but I do look forward to the vacations as well. So we got two sides to discuss or or to to contemplate there.
2: Gosh, what a great point to bring up though, because who doesn't do that? Who doesn't look forward to the the vacations? I know we're having one next month with our family and I, you know, I can't wait, Mm -hmm. but but that bring, but that just made me think about, well, what could we do though in between? Because that, that client of yours that was saying that he's miserable all year leading, you know, up to that, that day. Well, what little things can you just shift in your perspective? You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be Disney, but what little thing can you look forward to? Maybe you look forward to going and playing golf or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you enjoy going to see a movie and, and maybe trying to make a little bit more deposits like that. I'm thinking out loud here mm-hmm. because that to me just seems, Sad. Really, really
1: sad. <laughs> well, it is, and I'm sure you've experienced this, Michelle, and seen this. I, I when I hear a testimony like that, I, well, I, I don't know if I want to say it's number one. I probably the majority of the time I see somebody who does not have purpose in their work. They do not yeah. see that. And we, as a culture, there's a book written called um, Shop Class. Shop class, like in high school, that they don't mm-hmm. have anymore. Shop class. Uh as Soulcraft or for Soulcraft. I think it was as Soulcraft. Really interesting book. I think it was a little, I don't know if it went super mainstream, but I, I actually recommended it a lot at the time. But it was talking about how we have moved further and further away and a lot of work, a lot of corporate work especially, from the hands-on application for whatever that product or service actually does, how it impacts people. And we're way back in the background doing something we don't ever get to see the fruition of. What are we actually producing here and how that has hurt people's soul in essence. And this guy was a, uh, I think he was a PhD and, and some highfalutin stuff. And he actually gave it all up to start a motorcycle mechanic shop. And he went back and testifies to how much more he got for his soul out of doing that hands-on manual labor. And he talked some about, and this book is, I don't know if it's a decade old or not, maybe not that old, but he talks to some of the issues that we're seeing today uh, of there are, are less and less people available for some of those. We used to call them, you know, manual labor type things mm-hmm. or, 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 blue collar, but, um, some of those, uh, you know, technical skills and now those places are paying more and they're having a hard time finding people because everybody wants to be a knowledge worker. And right. we're seeing these knowledge workers who one can't find a job or, or, but two, they're so separated from their work. So again, when we hear that story, I often see that purpose in work. Now, obviously we, I think a lot of times we find people who are dissatisfied in relationships overall, mm-hmm. but, uh, but the purpose and work seems to be such a huge one.
2: You know, I haven't read that book, but that, that I, I, totally agree with the concept because what, like you said, people, you know, finding your purpose, living your purpose, working your purpose. But I think it boils down to using really what, what your gifts are. Yes. And we all, yes. we are feeling the most, uh, or g- generally we're the happiest when we're utilizing our gifts, or we're being creative, like we're creating things, whether it be a a tangible thing, like he's creating something like in shop class, Mm -hmm. or, you know, for me, it's maybe creating, uh, you know, a book or a story or, or, or a presentation, something that will use the gifts that we have, but help somebody else. And I think that's the key is tapping into not just so much what your purpose is, but, you know, what can you do? And when you're doing it, you're helping someone else and, and through that creativity, it, it creates joy and purpose.
1: And I, I agree. I agree. And, and easier
2: said I, than done though, right? Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. But I, but I do see the most inspired people. They generally either find great purpose in their work or they at least have a lot of fun with it, even if they're using it to fund great purpose, you know, on the side. Well, speaking of business, I, I've got two here real quick. Nicole says, I'm looking forward to treating myself and my mom to a two week vacation in Europe this fall. I'm using the profits from my business to pay for it, which creates lots of motivation to work, even on the days when I don't feel like doing anything. Uh, and, in the next Comment uh, that came after that was from Marvin. He says, "I have a really clear set of income goals for my business. It keeps me motivated to do the daily work." And I will insert on this with Marvin's. And there was a couple of them where people cited goals like that. A really clear set of income goals for my business. He says, "I would follow that with a so that dot dot dot." I'm sure he has those for a certain reason because he wants to be able to afford something, uh, a, a purchase, or afford time, or have a business that. Run smoother and gives him more peace. There's, there's probably a, so that, which is what Nicole gave too. she's working hard on her business, create profit. That's what she's using to take her mom on a two week vacation. I think it's good to, for us to take that, uh, that goal. And if we don't have it next to it, put a, so that on the end, I want to achieve this. So that boom, boom, boom. And then we're going to get to the heart of that motivation.
2: That's key. You're right. Because I mean, it, it, we're business owners too. If you, yeah. we can all set that number, but if there's not a reason behind the number, it is so easy to just say, you know what, I really don't feel like doing that today. Or, mm-hmm. um, but I love Nicole's, uh, that that's, that's that golden carrot kind of hanging out in front of you. Right. So when you're feeling like you don't want to do anything, you have to get back on the phone and start making sales calls and do, or doing what you need to do to, yes. to bring in the funds. So love it means to an end.
1: Yes. Well, speaking on what we were a minute ago on purpose and work, I appreciated this one because this is obviously somebody who appreciates what they do and their motivation is a project at work. How great is that? This is uh, Colin Martin. He says, I'm a chamber of commerce president. We're working on our county's first ever economic development strategy. It's complicated with lots of moving parts. I'm looking forward to getting it done, not only for the sense of accomplishment, but also for the doors that will open for our organization and our community. I mean, that's the kind of chamber of commerce president I want in my town is one that that's his primary motivation is a project at work. That's, that's significant. That's, as you said, that creates joy.
2: Well, and what a perfect position he's in. It sounds like he's a great leader. And that, by the way, does not necessarily uh, come easy to a lot of people. So that's, he's using his gifts and I'm sure he's, he's probably worked really, really hard to sharpen those through the years, but uh, you can hear the joy even in that, in the, post, right? That he's looking forward to this. And how many people hearing that are thinking, I would not look forward to doing that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> granted.
2: Um, but good leaders love to lead. Yeah. And so, yeah, I agree. I wish we had, I hope, but have to find out where he is. And yeah, exactly. Some, well, it, was, it was a chamber meeting. It was on
1: Facebook. <laughs> I guess we could probably do that. Um, uh, r- a real quick one here, Kyle Riley. He says I w- uh, his goal is reaching a certain number of customers in his business. Again, I would add a, so that dot, dot, dot. I'd be curious to know what the, you know, he wants to do that because of what money influence um, just personal achievement. Uh, always under, wonder what the backstory is. Brandon here says spending time with my newborn son. Oh, that was just sweetness. Um,
2: And I'm so, it's so, first of all, we, we all remember those days Mm -hmm. and, and how quickly they go and, but for him to even just have the perspective of how important it is right now, you know, because maybe it's not the right time. Maybe things are crazy at work, but just spending, making the time, it's not so much finding it, but making the time for what's really Mm -hmm. important and what matters. And I just had a son graduate from high school just this month. So, I mean, it feels like yesterday he was born. So I, I, I agree with you, Brandon, and I would spend all the time you can with him.
1: I, yeah, that one is, that one is overwhelming to me as I have now a 23 year old and a mm. six year old that that little six year old and that little personality will disappear. That that mm-hmm. person will be gone and there will be another person and another person. And finally they reach adulthood and you kind of know who that person is to some degree for a long run, but man, those little years, just are gone it's uh okay i'll, I'll cry let's not talk about it i know that. okay <laughs> and usually
2: we don't figure it out until it's too late yeah
1: it's a different show that's, that's that is a different yeah. show yeah all right and thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show D roots is her name. She says, this is a great one. I'm going to read the whole thing. She says, I just turned 30 and I'm excited to live out the work God is doing in me. Someone told me 30 is the perfect age because you are not too young for anything and you're not too old for anything. I am embracing that spirit. I just upgraded from training for a 5k to training uh, for a 10k. I've been failing big. I love the statement. I, I've been failing big. And still those failures have gotten me further along than I ever imagined being. When things get tough or boring, I create a game or challenge to make it fun and stay engaged. Intellectually, I know that building the muscle for discipline plus the exercise itself is more impactful than reaching any particular time or distance or endurance goals. I walk when I feel unable to run anymore. Finishing what I set out to do is so empowering and my body is changing for the better. After a run, my energy is through the roof. The snails can keep passing me because I am still winning. I have exercise induced asthma and never thought I could run. And I refuse to take medication for it because the steroids make me shake, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That, that was nothing but a joyful post.
2: <laughs> I love that post. I read it when I read it the first time too. I, it put a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. You know, aren't those the kind of people you want to be around? Mm-hmm. Because when I heard just <clears> in that little post, she said a couple of really important things. First of all, she she wants to use her gifts, right? Mm-hmm. The gifts that she's been given. She Everything, she's, she sees it with a great attitude, the positive side. Even when she's failing, she's failing big because that has oh. a greater purpose. Um, you know, the fun aspect of it. She's disciplined. And then, of course, keeping her faith priority. Wow. I certainly can learn a lot from, from a post like that.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's that statement too, then of the snails can keep passing me because I'm still oh, winning really deals with the, the comparison aspect that we tend to do. Um, and which I am absolutely, um, i I'm a, I deal with it as well, just like everybody else deal with comparison.
2: Well, and you know, I feel like in our society, and especially even most recently, I think we're becoming very aware of it, that just because somebody looks to be successful, or happy, or, you know, maybe a few steps ahead of you doesn't necessarily mean that they are, and, and just run your own race, right? Mm-hmm. Don't try to compare yourself to everyone else and just do the best that you can with what you have for as long as you can. And um, so I just... Appreciate D for for just reminding us of that.
1: I do too, and I and I also love the analogy. I will have to state it. You know, back when I worked with so many people who were striving to go from traditional employment to self employment, and we had thousands of people, and sometimes we would find folks, and I remember it got to be kind of a a consistent thing we talk about when they're talk when they were mentioning these desires that they have these these hopes even that they have, but they're not going forward. A lot of times it felt just so overwhelming. It felt like that elephant and. And we would talk about what are some little things that you can do, some little successes that you can have just to start breeding success. We all know that success breeds success. And I see this D is running. And in that achievement, it's giving her fuel and confidence to succeed elsewhere as a, as a human in relationships, wherever she is with work or a business or whatever she has, it's, it's helping that. And I see that in myself. Sometimes I am yearning for success in certain areas, maybe some of the smaller areas that will help me have success in the bigger areas. There's a guy right now, or maybe it's a, you know what? I think it's something I saw on Facebook, a video that's going around and it's a military guy. I don't know what he is. I don't think I actually ever watched the thing, but I just saw some of the initial uh, things that I've read people talking about him where he's saying the first thing to do, his big thing is make your bed in the morning.
2: Oh, right, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah, just as so, a on a book mm-hmm.
1: okay, 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 well, you can tell me more, yeah, I just got the idea based on you know achieve something, fulfill something, have a success, start your day out that way, um, I don't personally make, well, my wife sleeps later. I got a good cop out. My wife sleeps later than I do. So I get out quietly and escape the room. And my first success (laughs) is, uh, is just my, my devotions is getting into the Bible and, and looking for what God has for me that day. But, but I, I, that, that point, how many people just uh, thrive on that, whether it's having a workout, doing something or yeah, devotions or making a bed.
2: It's that discipline. It's it's yeah. act- I think what it really boils down to, and I haven't read the book, but I I know the premise of it. But, but that daily discipline to do something that you don't want to do produces this. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say joy, but this sense of accomplishment. And when we have that sense of accomplishment, I mean, this is like with anything in in productivity, once you do one thing, you're motivated to do another because it's that snowball effect and it just kind of takes root. So if you can succeed and be disciplined in the most mundane, small things, then you can be disciplined and succeed in all the things you're passionate about is I think the premise of that.
1: Okay. So I'm going to give everyone a gift. Um, please stop what you're doing as you hear this, or, or write it down to look at it later. Look up Joshua Spodek. Joshua last name is S P O D E K. So type that into your browser, and then uh, put a space there, and then type this this uh, series of letters S I D C H A. SIDCHA is what it sounds like. S I D C H A. It stands for self-imposed daily challenging healthy activity. (laughs) I had to think about go, go. It's a blog written by this guy. We've interviewed him on the show, but that blog out of all the books he's written and the things he's done and the PhDs, he's an astrophysicist, all this stuff. We did the show on that specific issue. And it's, it's just what you talked about the power of doing those things that we don't necessarily have to do. Uh, it is profound. It's one of the, in the gosh, However many years I've been doing this, and however many hundreds of interviews, it's one of the handful that has stuck with me and altered my life. So wow. there you go, Joshua Spodek Sidja. I'll just let you let everybody go with it uh, from there. All right. Trav did here. He says, uh, he's, he's what's motivating him is starting a business where I can focus solely on helping people starting with a focus on mental health and then expanding into healing and assisting others and creating the best life they are able to. Well, there you go, Michelle. He's speaking his primary motive is having purpose in his work. And, and, and what you said, using his, obviously his gifts, his talents, his abilities, his desires
2: and everyone can do this. I mean, this is this is truly the premise of when we're trying to figure out a topic for a book, but it's really not a topic, it's really your what is it that you have to offer someone else is it's just your experiences and your passions and that intersection of the two. And when you put those things together, that's when you have passion because you're excited about it. It's, you know, part of your purpose possibly. But then you have that experience. He's likely done something to help other people with mental health in the, in the past, maybe yeah. he did it for a company. Maybe he just did it for friends on the side, but he had some experience. I, I can bet, I could guarantee that that b- leads him to believe that this is what he can do yes. for a business. Yes. And that's really what it is. So for all of us, this, what is your experience and what is your passion and where do they intersect? And because ultimately, when you do those two things, you can't help but help people. You can't help but make a difference. I mean, we were all created to make a difference. Yeah. And it's just a matter of figuring it out. So I love that. And what a need for this service right now oh, in, yes. in in this world, the way things have been happening.
1: Yes. Yeah. Good on you there, Trav, uh, for that. Well, Margie here says uh, she's looking forward to retirement and doing what I want whenever I want. Now, you know what? I'm, I'm going to hit on that real quick. I left this one in there because as much as on one hand, I, I understand that. Um, I, I think that's a dangerous place to be. Uh, to, to retire. I w- I'm forever impacted by Zig, who had no place for the term retirement. And uh, and, and even more so, I I love the story of after his fall. Um, and if folks, you don't know his story before he I don't know how many years it was. Do you remember before he died that he had the fall five ish maybe? Well, I
2: think it was even a little more than that. More than
1: that, okay. Well, he fell down some stairs, had a head injury, and uh, it caused some decline. And his treatment, one of his primary treatments, was keep him writing, keep him speaking, and he went on speaking tours after that with the assistance of his uh, daughter Julie and, uh, kept doing it. And that's what kept him going as long as he, or a primary ingredient that kept him going as long as he did. Anyways, coming back to retirement, I, you know, I, I, so I'm 47. Uh, now, I, it's the the term retirement is depressing to me in in all reality. Now I don't want to step on any toes or judge anyone, but going back to purpose and work and using your gifts and skills to retire from having to earn an income possibly. And having that pressure, I, I could understand that, but I would hope for everybody that they find a place to engage in their work, in a vocation, in the gifts and skills and talents and abilities like you talk about where if anything it's, Hey, I'm, I'm eager for retirement to have some of the pressures off so I can do even more Mm -hmm. of, of those things that hopefully we're already doing. Uh, so I think
2: everyone would, I I think the word is freedom more than anything. We want Mm -hmm. freedom. Mm -hmm. And for some people that have to punch the clock every day and go into an office, that freedom looks like retirement, but, but true freedom is doing what you love to do whenever you want to do it with whoever you want to do it with and, and know that you're making a difference. And so, uh, it may, I, I just don't see retirement as just sitting around and doing nothing. And in fact, uh, so many people that I've known through the years, if they don't have a passion or a purpose or a direction when once they retire, those become some of the most uh, lonely or, or confusing times because all of a sudden they're like, well, what do I do? I don't even know what I want to do. So. Uh, I am all for, trust me, cause I can't wait for the day that, you know, I can be on my beach all day, every day and, you know, but to have a purpose behind it too, you know, cause otherwise you, you can only do so much. for I was so going to say, long, you'll be on the board. beach about three
1: days before you'll be picking up pen and paper and writing another book <laughs> or, exactly. or a You're message finding
2: an, an event to go to, because that's my passion. I love live events and just, you know, connecting with other people.
1: Yep. All right. Well, this, uh, next one here, Scott Stover, he says, he's looking his motivation is my son who is on the way. I want to be the example that there's more than one way to be successful as well as have the connections to point him to the best in whatever field he chooses to do. That one, it took me right back to what we've been talking about to the purpose and work, because that was the example I had from my dad out of all the things that he exposed me to and taught me and trained me in. I, I think possibly what was the best gift to me was just watching him go after things, go at, again, back to where we've been using his gifts, his talents, his abilities, making sure that he was going after the things that he enjoyed going after the things he found purpose in that probably influenced me for the better than anything I was actually verbally taught. Or, 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 or exposed to it was seeing that example. And I've had the benefit of, of getting that testimony from my kids that one of the things that inspires them the most is seeing me be inspired and go after things. And I think it's also, well, I know it is that is magnified by again, so many years that I spent with per, doing personal coaching and consulting that I found the most difficult, uh, customers, clients that I had, To help were ones who saw that there must be more. They saw that they got a glimpse. There's got to be more than this. And yet their testimony time and time again, these, this group, this demographic that had such a struggle. And I had a struggle in in actually helping them when their upbringing was a, I heard the story so many times, mom and dad, mom or dad, mom and dad, who just worked a job 40 years, put their time in. They never really knew what their parents did. They were a cog in a wheel. And uh, put food on the table, God bless them for that, provided, but there was no connection to joy, fulfillment, skills, talents, giftings, abilities in their work. And these people that I worked with, finally, we would come back to that. And it was so difficult for them. It It was such a, it was a paradigm shift of something they had never experienced. So I say that to, uh, to applaud all of you, all of the people here that comment and all of you who are going after something, regardless of the outcome, whether you become a billionaire, whether you become, uh, you, you scrape close to bankruptcy because of, uh, because of it, if your children are watching you go after something, uh, that matters to you, it's a gift. It's a gift. It is.
2: Gosh, that so reminds me when you were talking even about your dad and, and, you know, he, you were inspired just by what he was doing because he was going after his gifts. And there's a, there's a poem that I won't read the whole thing. I'll just, I just remember one part of it by Mary Williamson. And, and the part that this reminds me of is it says, uh, we were all meant to shine as children do. We were born. Uh, hold on. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that's within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. Yes. And that is absolutely the truth. You know, that's been my experience when I made the decision to write a book. Who and who was I to write a book? You know, who who would listen to anything I have to say? I thought in my head for so long. But the moment I did it, all of a sudden, all these other people came to me like, oh, I always wanted to do that. I secretly want to write a book or, you know, and, and just that act of bravery to follow a passion, it, it just liberates other people to do the same. I've seen it time and time again. <laughs>
1: Yes. Beautiful. I love that. I know that. I know that poem. Um, Mm -hmm. that is, that is that we probably should end right there, but I'm going to give a call out to a friend. This is a guy that I've known for a long time, Gregory Byerline, And he says, I'm looking forward to my podcast, gaining further altitude to honor and impact more people in the coming months. So he's a professional photographer, lives in Nashville, Tennessee area. And he started a podcast recently called Collected Clan Podcast. It's by Gregory Byerline, B-Y-E-R-L-I-N-E. So just a neat guy. And I appreciate him going after. It. So here he is, he's doing well in his work, but he wants to impact people with the message. So he has done the work to start a podcast and he's diving in and that's just fun. I mean, anytime we're starting something yep. new, going after a new endeavor, it is just a few things more inspiring in our lives and motivating than that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, good on you, Gregory and, and everybody. Thank you so much for putting these in. Yeah. I feel like we're always the biggest beneficiaries here, Michelle.
2: We definitely are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in folks. Well, hey, friends, great content on motivation and hope. Again, thanks for all the submissions and thank you for joining us. If you got value, would you comment about literally this specific show and what thoughts it brought up for you and leave an iTunes review? It's a great value to us to hear from you. Uh, I'll let you know what's coming up in our next show right after sharing these great resources. Okay, friends, coming up in show 587, we talk about, well, really, it's about not letting time in life just slip by. We bring back John O'Leary, the author of the book On Fire. He was with us probably about a year and a half ago, maybe longer, maybe two. But John was badly burnt on 100% of his body, should have died. Today, he says if he could go back, he'd let it all happen as it did. That just blows me away. Well, in this show, we got to talking about how many of us, maybe most of us, you know, we're being handicapped because we haven't had a significant tragedy happen to us. And it keeps us, it uh, causes us to take life and time for granted. And we fall into inactivity and in what John has coined as accidental living. It's a very convicting discussion, folks. I mean, sometimes. We want to discount someone who we think, oh, they had a benefit we didn't have, right? Well, having a gas can blow you up as a kid, John feels that that may have been his benefit. The point is not to go blow yourself up. It's to realize you may be allowing the comfort and ease that we have, most of us have, to steal our glory and cause us to take things for granted and not do the things that we're capable of doing. And this begs the question, though, what do we do about it? Well, listen into the show. Hear what John has to say. Till then, thank you for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.